Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It's drive time. Elliot Dank and Timothy Goen Chua Tian with you. It's time now for In the Spotlight. Well, as you know, most enterprises are struggling to stay afloat these days with the rapid pace of change, technological innovation taking place right now. It is hard to cope for many small businesses. Yeah, you know, this thing called generative AI or gen AI, it seems to be showing up everywhere. You know, in software like uh, Microsoft, ChatGPT, it's... The worst part is, well, I don't know if worse is the right word to use, but it's available to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like a simple email, you can see <laughs> yeah. a little prompt to ask you if you want the, 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 your message to be auto-completed. Yes. Oh my God, I hate that. Like, how do you even know what I want to say? <laughs> Stop reading my mind. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere these days. And many companies, of course, are also worried that there is risk Mm. involved in something Mm -hmm. that is, well, at least at this point, still ungoverned proliferation of AI and what kind of risks it poses to businesses. You can't help but think the way it'll transform businesses as well, the way they work, the way it pushes boundaries, perhaps. I think if we put to proper use, it will be very good for businesses. In order to, to have proper use. Yeah. So proper equals regulation, maybe. <laughs> but regulation also equals slower innovation. Wow, you're going to have fun with our guests. <laughs> Jeremy Law, dispute resolution lawyer, Norton Rose Fulbright is on the line. Jeremy, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, um, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, I'm great. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let's get right to He's it. He's not an AI. I, I uh, you're, check your idiot over a real person. <laughs> you are real, right, Jeremy? Okay. <laughs> Here's your prompt. As a lawyer, how do you think regulating the AI scene would affect innovation in a greater general sense? Yeah, I just want to pick up on that, right? So I think I would disagree that regulation would necessarily mean less innovation. Certainly, you know, if we speak about regulation uh, for a very nascent technology like this, it may give companies who are developing in this area of greater direction in terms of what is to be expected in terms of norms, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, what are standards to abide by. But I think at this stage, you know, for something like generative AI, regulation is still some ways away, at least in Singapore. Mm. But, you know, in general, I I would say that regulation should not necessarily be seen as something bad. But, you know, that might be something down the line where, you know, more serious conversations will have to be had by the regulators and by the industry. Mm. The defense rests, Your Honor. (laughs) Uh, Actually, Jeremy, it's interesting. Let's try to draw the timeline. We put regulation a little bit towards the end. I suppose then right now, we really have to consider or study the potential economic and social impact. Is this something worth looking at? Yeah, definitely. I think if we take a step back, right, you know, Jenny, I really caught our collective imagination by storm. You know, it, it really only came on the scene back in late November 2022. So it's just over nine months since the technology was released. And there is often a saying with technology that we tend to overestimate the short-term impact of a technology, but underestimate its long-term effects. So I think, you know, when we look at something like Gen AI, you know, what are its implications on on society and, you know, perhaps in Singapore, is we should not dive head first uh, without regard to the risk. And, but at the same time, we should not throw the baby out, out of the bathwater because of a doomsday fear that AI may lead to the creation of Skynet and cause humankind's extinction. But 
just going back to your question of what are the impacts, I think, you know, there are a number of things to consider from a socioeconomic perspective. Mm-hmm. How is that going to affect the workplace? You know, we have seen in Hollywood that there are strikes, concerns about yes. how AI can replace humans at the workplace. Yeah. Uh, but it can also have profound impact on productivity, helping, you no know, prompts, helping people do things faster. And therefore, there needs to be a conversation that goes on between various aspects of society and with the developers as well with, as with governments to try to understand what the risks are and how we can properly manage these risks to spur innovation potentially through regulation. So that's why my first point earlier that regulation may not necessarily be a bad thing. Hmm. So we've seen through the course of history, Jeremy, like the car made us go further, or even the plane made humans go further faster. Fast forward to, well, currently social media connected us in many more ways and also causes a lot of problem still to to humankind. And we've seen people now just looking at their phones most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they are making connections with other people, but they're also causing a different problem altogether. Where will AI take us when it becomes so much a part of our lives in the future? So you mentioned it will help employees work better, work more efficient, work faster, do more. But is that necessarily a good thing? Well, it really depends. And I suppose that's, that's lawyer me speaking, right? It really depends on how we as as a society try to grapple with this technology you know if, if we think of generative ai as a tool mm-hmm. that can be harnessed to bring us closer together to help us work more efficiently then i think there are a lot of tasks at the workplace that you know perhaps you and i may not genuinely enjoy ai can help us do that better but at the same time a lot of tensions need to be managed right mm-hmm. so we need to be aware of risk where it could phase out tasks where current workers are employed to do. And if not managed properly, you know, it, it, it could spin out of control. But, you know, in terms of how it's going to, whether or not it is necessary, I think technology comes and, you know, as, uh, as civilization and, and as hum- where humankind is concerned, we tend to, to adapt to it. Uh, and harness it and find new ways of improving our quality of life. And I tend to be an optimist from that perspective. So to question the lawyer's side of view, what are the odds of, as we work towards eventually getting towards uh, a regulation, what are the odds of a human's first clause or a social responsibility type of clause where, as and, and to reference the strikes in Hollywood, as long as it doesn't affect the job, then it's good to have AI. But if it does affect the job, you get to implement this clause. And I'm sounding quite American there. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, that's a very interesting idea. But if we look at how perhaps, you know, speaking from my experience with employment laws and okay. with how labor relations have, have, have developed, you know, this idea that a new development, perhaps in technology, uh, potentially displacing workers, that, that is not new. I mean, we've seen that with outsourcing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, what is critical is, you know, that companies um, do this process of identifying appropriate use cases you know and engaging with the correct stakeholders so in singapore we've got the unions we've got the employees Mm. ensuring that they're skilled up you know to adopt and adapt to this change so that they don't necessarily get displaced immediately so one thing to to bear in mind is that generative ai is still very new you know we're still trying to get 
um, grapple with the risk and we're still trying to see how we can implement these use cases. And as we figure out, you know, what are the appropriate use cases, then it's a matter of both working together with stakeholders, having regulations guide companies into how they can implement these use cases responsibly. And ultimately, it boils down to trust, right? Mm. That we must trust that companies will do so responsibly. Uh, they have regard to the interests of various stakeholders and, you know, not you know, with the public, with the employees, with the you know, unions and potentially with the government as well. So if, if there is that conversation to go on with, it will not evolve into sort of an astrocyst then in this case it would sort of be you know AI versus humans okay. uh, but sort of a way to augment the capability of the worker in the next age augment yeah so I mean mm. it's like co- yeah, yeah. collaborating between humans yeah. and AI exactly so yeah. let's just take that Hollywood actors strike or screenwriter strike for example if they were to implement if the studios were successful in implementing the use of AI instead of extras, then they will not have to face any strikes in the future and production can go on. Well, that's, that's certainly one scenario that the workers themselves are, are very concerned with. Mm. And that really boils down to perhaps the trust or the lack thereof between these striking workers, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, between the writers and, and the Screen Guild and the studios. So what's more important, you know, perhaps what companies can take from this learning experience is to engage openly with their stakeholders, with, with their employees to discuss how AI may change their responsibility and their roles. And it's quite important, I think, in Singapore, particularly from the labor movement's perspective, mm. change is change will happen at the workplace, but it's important that companies engage, try to upskill our workers mm-hmm. to ensure that they can adapt, use the technologies to augment their capabilities and stay relevant and engage in the workplace. So I think rather than, you know, companies thinking, well, that's a good way to get rid of a lot of people or rather create that impression, you know, they they, they need to avoid that. Mm. How how does all this play out into, you know, ultimately the Singapore government's efforts to promote the responsible use of AI. I believe this is called AI Verify. Does this go hand in hand? Does it does it go some way into getting to some kind of regulation? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so so AI Verify, it's, it's a very interesting tool that was developed by IMDA. Yeah, yeah. And it's meant to be a toolkit, if you will, okay. to help companies test uh, their AI systems. So currently, it's not meant for generative AI, but it's uh, kind of currently limited to your traditional discriminative uh, rule-based systems. Okay. But what it does is to help uh, companies benchmark themselves against the 11 governance principles. That, I think, is quite helpful. Well, we leave aside labor relations because that's, that's sort of a second-order issue. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if companies take on board the importance of being trusted, uh, and you know, taking on, on board concepts of governance seriously, you know that that reflects um, sort of a cultural attitude of an organisation towards AI implementation. Then, if they take on board these principles properly, use the toolkit uh, voluntarily, it will also aid them in the future when they need to confront potential changes in in rejigging or reconstituting their workforce. Okay. So. I think that um, you know, for companies looking to explore such systems, you know, trying tools like these would certainly help them, and it would reflect pretty well 
in terms of rebuilding trust with their stakeholders. Ah, okay. We've been speaking with Jeremy Luang, who's Dispute Resolution Lawyer for Northern Rose Fulbright. Jeremy, appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great evening ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.